Moving on slightly. Childhood obesity is a powerful predictor of adult disease and death. For example, being overweight as a teenager was found to predict this disease risk 55, year, 55 years later. Such individuals may end up with twice the risk of dying from heart disease and higher incidence of other diseases, including colorectal cancer, gout and arthritis. Should we not be giving students lessons about this good or bad practice from a young age just as much as we was taught how to cross the road? Like they're both dangerous, if not adhered to. Um, I think we definitely should. Mm. I'm sorry, just something just really crossed my mind. Um, but I'll touch on that just in a moment. I mean, yeah, I think we definitely should. Um, I think what it says here, approximately nine percent of, um, so nine percent are living obviously with a disease, diagnosed or undiagnosed. Obviously, it's a result of higher levels of sugar in your blood. By 2050, it's reported one in three Americans will have diabetes. I think we should definitely be educating people. Mm, exactly. So it just crossed my mind, obviously, that must, in some way, shape, or form, obviously, put some type of pressure on your healthcare, whether it's your, I don't know how it works in America in terms of private healthcare and national healthcare, but certainly here, obviously, in this country with the NHS, but that's just another side for it, anyway. 100%. Yeah. I agree with that, yeah. yeah. 100%. I mean, I haven't been to school for many years now, but mm. <laughs> education system needs a wake up call on a number of things, and that's one of them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Based on the study of 89,000 Californians, flexitarians appear to cut their rate of diabetes by 28%. Good news for those who may eat maybe once a week rather than every day. Those who cut out meat but not fish appear to cut their rates in half. They appear to eliminate 61% of the risk. With no dairy or eggs, so a full vegan is 78%. So that would be a reason to, to become a vegan if there was one. Mm-hmm. Losing weight with a plant-based diet. The advantage of a whole food plant-based approach to weight loss is that there may be no need for portion control, skipping meals or counting calories because most plant, most plant foods are naturally nutrient dense and low in calories. In a head-to-head randomized clinical trial found that a plant-based diet be the American Diabetes Association's recommended diet for weight loss. One of the reasons there's been such a great compliance with a plant-based dietary intervention is that people not only tend to get measurably better, they also tend to feel much better. Um, do you know anyone that's got diabetes by any chance? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do. Yeah. Yeah, and they've they've had to change they've changed their diet significantly. They've got type two. Yeah. <coughs> I know a few people, but someone that's quite that's quite close to me that. It's of our age group as well. Okay. They, yeah, they got type only, They got diagnosed with type two diabetes about three years, two or three years ago. We've changed their diet significantly. They're not. They're not what you deem. They're not even overweight. Mm. They've never been a drinker. They, they don't. They didn't drink alcohol anyway. Mm. They don't drink now. Yeah. They've never like. You know what I mean? They've never. Um. um what's for back of a better words? Pigged out on any type of food that would. You know what I mean yeah. sugary food, whatever yeah. it is. That would cause that, and they just—they've been diagnosed with it, so they—they've just—they've kind of had to change their diet significantly um, to try and help with sugar levels in their body and so on. And actually, it's something that runs for my family, and I've never ever been checked for it, so I need to check because my my grand she passed away, but before she passed away, she had her leg amputated, mm. she got an infection in her foot, foot couldn't quite react 
mm. to to the infection spread. She had to get a leg amputated. My granddad's got it. He's still he's still around. He's got diabetes as well, and that's both from the same side of the family. So but was they type one or type two? I'm not. I can't answer that. I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure. But I know type two is the more kind of severe type, isn't it? Um, well, it's saying type two is the one that you can change through diet. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. But I think it's more severe in uh, you have to be on it. You have to have certain. You have to have your like. There's certain like uh, medication, not medication, but that you have your needle. You have you check your blood every night. That's day. my dad. Yeah, yeah, that's type two then. Yeah, definitely. My dad's a madman, you know. I'm telling you. So I remember at the time. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I have someone I'll see in my family who has obviously diabetes, mm-hmm. and it's funny. I'm looking actually some of these these um, dare I say, um, I don't want to say a checklist as to some of the. Um, I don't call them for lack of a better word maybe I say like side effects obviously having diabetes and stuff like this I mean there's there's times when I've said you know what I'm suffering from blood vision yeah you said that yeah have you ever been checked for it yourself um so the reason why I say yes is that time obviously when I was saying I went to the doctor and she said you got to take this an injection or blah 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 it was actually she took my blood yeah like loads of blood yeah and she told me I was all clear so okay. so I don't have any any complications or anything along those lines but um so yeah now that's coming. I was about six months to a year. No, six months in the summer. Okay. So I'm quite comfortable see, with where I'm currently at. But um, yeah, my, I mean, my, I remember my dad. He was running away from any confirmation that he had diabetes to the point. I remember I was really young, and he asked me to um, take a urine sample for him to actually. I don't know why he wanted to do that because obviously, all, truth be told, all you want is really confirmation as to whether you got diabetes or not. But I reckon it might have been something where they've checked up on something and then they've wanted to confirm something but he was running away from any type of confirmation <laughs> any type of confirmation that he had diabetes anyway so mm. that's my little story dare I say <coughs> you mean check yourself? Um, no I was saying like six months ago when I had to take blood um, I'm sure she would have told me that I would have had something yeah um, but yeah I, I mean those things are really, really important because the last thing you want to be doing really is my habit anyway of eating things although I've now stopped eating meat and stuff like that um, I eat sweet things quite regularly, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So it wouldn't, well, I don't want to say it wouldn't surprise me, but it wouldn't come of a surprise mm. if someone told me you had high blood sugar or yeah. you had diabetes, etc., etc. That would be a culmination of chowing down on these bakewell tarts and and yeah. what have you for the past 15, 20 years, mm. scarring my arteries. <laughs> um, moving on Why to. Oh, snap, yeah. Uh, yeah, my grandma had it actually before she passed away. Uh, she was worried that I may have it, um, but I'm cool. I've I've been to the doctors numerous amount of times, and I've, all my blood levels are fine. Great, yeah. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Half full, isn't it? Um, yeah. So moving on to chapter seven, how not to die from high blood pressure. Processed meat is blamed for the deaths of more than 800,000 people every year, worldwide. That's four times more people than die from illicit drug use. Do you think there will be a war on food or diet as there is on the war on drugs? No, there's no chance. Is there even a war on drugs? (laughs) That is a separate question. That's another thing. Are we talking about legal or illegal? (laughs) First and foremost. That's true. That's a big question. Mm. Because there's certainly not a war on drugs, the legal drugs anywhere. And if I'm honest, there should probably be a bigger war on the legal drugs that are being manufactured and the, and, and the drugs that are being consumed. Of course. Um, so I don't even want to get into illegal drugs. 
actually that's another moral story anyway I don't really get into that um, but yeah no is what yes. right, when you say alright so you say it should do you think there'll be a war for, look to me at the end of the day yeah there's I think a few so we've been through about five or six chapters mm-hmm. and a few of kind of case studies or examples we've given we found that in kind of for lack of a better word not less economically developed countries but maybe poor what we see as poorer countries their rates of disease or infection tend to be lower than kind of westernized or more economically developed countries so it's down to choice um that's my opinion and obviously people choose that and and the money look as we speak there's an advert on now coca-cola do you know what i'm saying like it's it's down to it's down to like these corporations with their sugary drinks and sugary foods throwing it in our face the ease of access mm. of these fast food drinks and so on yeah. and it's hard to as I said we walk up this high street now we can get a milk, we can get we can get some fast food yeah some absolutely food, you know what I'm saying some death food yeah. call it. <laughs> but where are we going to find our nice you know what I'm saying yeah. something where I can get a fast vegan takeout or a vegetarian meal yeah. takeout you know what I'm saying yeah. so you're not going to get we're not going to get a walk <laughs> no way it's too much money Way too much money, yeah. Way too much. <laughs> Billions. Trillions, sorry. Speaking of money, eating more whole grains could potentially save. Actually, not even speaking of money. Numbers, shall I say. Eating more whole grains could potentially save 1.7 million lives a year. If you eat more veg, 1.8 million. More nuts and seeds, 2.5 million. And more fruit, 4.9 million. The number one risk factor for death in the world they identified is high blood pressure. Sodium. Big pole. Oh, sorry. Do you mind if I just drop one or two facts as well? Yes. Sodium sodium okay, so I know I posted obviously something on Instagram in regards to this. So, how many lives could be saved if around the world we cut back on fizzy drinks? So, the answer is 299,000. 521. Then it goes on to say... That's also, really precise. Yeah, no, that's very precise. <laughs> And processed meat is also to blame <clears throat> for the deaths of more than 800,000 people per year worldwide. That's four times more people that die from illicit drug use. Um, what else is that? Uh, da, 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 do you know da, what I'd love to do? I know you saw it. <clears throat> no, that's fine. I'd love to actually go somewhere and see with my own eyes how processed meat is manufactured. Don't they have them kind of YouTube videos where you can... I want to see my own... Like, no, I want to see, see it I like, go live and see flesh. It. They've taken out the chicken breast. They've taken out the the, the um yeah. the chicken wing. Yeah. Uh, you you now tell me how that chicken nugget you're sent to, to you're, you're putting in that frozen chicken aisle is mm. now made hundred percent um chicken breast or whatever. I want to see if you do the scraps of that chicken. Mm. That's a lie, man. Like, I mean, I know it's brain and that going in there, but of course it, it is nothing. Well, you know that. You <laughs> That's why I ain't touching him. Don't need to keep being any more clever. I don't want to him. Um, on page 147 that's where we are currently two major reasons the food industry adds salt to foods if you add salt to meat it draws in water a company can increase the weight of its product by nearly 20% since meat is sold by the pound that's a 20% increase in profits more or less secondly eating salt makes us thirsty and it's a point that you mentioned earlier a cold drink and a salty snack go hand in hand It'd be no, it may be no coincidence that Pepsi and Frito-Lay are part of the same comp- corporation, which has been reported to contain the most sa- sodium. I think we asked this, we asked this on the ground, didn't we? I don't know, maybe you lot didn't answer it or don't remember. But which has been reported to contain the most sodium? 
a serving of beef, a serving of baked all natural chicken, a large McDonald's, large McDonald's French fries, or a serving of salted pretzels. Uh, it's the chicken, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It was asked. Yeah. yeah it's the chicken. Consumer reports found that some supermarket chickens were pumped so full of salt <laughs> that they registered a whopping 840 milligrams of sodium per serving. That could mean more than a full day's worth of sodium in just one chicken breast. Daily servings of white rice was associated with a 17% greater risk of diabetes, whereas replacing one third of a serving a day of white rice for brown rice might lead to a 16% drop in the risk. With that being said, wouldn't there be more cases? I know this is not to sound racist, but I know I know you shouldn't put a disclaimer and say that before <laughs> you ask it because now it's going to sound like that. But with that being said, I would have thought that there'd have been more diabetes cases in the Asian community. With the chicken food? No, with the white, because the last thing white I spoke rice. about was white rice. No? Do you know what? Don't get it twisted, yeah. Just because we go to, to, to eat at Indian man's restaurant and we didn't serve certain things, don't think that at home that's what they eat. That's, yeah, no, that's why I didn't want it to sound like if I'm being... It's, um, not, it's just it's taking facts. Yeah. Because I know, I know a lot of Asian people and they like lentils. Yeah. I know a lot of them like yeah. lentils. Yeah. So... Remember, you'll see... That, yeah, right, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> um, does anyone know about the Dash diet? No. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I think that's all right. All right, the DASH diet stands for Dietary Approaches to Stop Hypertension. It's an eating plan specifically designed to lower blood pressure. We've known for decades that food of an animal origin was highly significant. What are you laughing at, bro? <laughs> Come on. It's highly significant. <laughs> Associated. So I'm done. <laughs> with systolic and dystolic blood pressure after the age any weight effects were removed there's a quote from a series of studies performed by a renowned physician Frank Sachs and colleagues back in the 1970s <coughs> studies going all the way back to the 1920s demonstrating that adding meat to a plant based diet can significantly elevate blood pressure in a matter of days the reason that the DASH diet was modelled explicitly after the vegetarian diets but was not meat-free itself might surprise you. The primary design goal of the DASH diet was to explicitly create eating patterns that would have the blood pressure lowering benefits of a vegetarian diet yet contain enough animal products that can make them palatable, palatable to non-vegetarians. Do you think there's an ulterior motive in all fad diets? Um, definitely. Um, what? I'm not too sure. Um, yeah, what well, I'm not too sure. I can't be specific on um, on what the the motive is. Um, but I think it definitely is. I know that it, it went to touch on the guy who um, had the Atkins, I think, diet. Yeah. Did he get on? Did it? Did he get sued or something along those lines? Or his business went out? Yeah, it went out of business. He went out of business. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the guy tried to sue him, didn't he? Yeah. Um, Michael Gregg. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. Because that Atkins diet was massive. Yeah, no, it was it was huge. Big. That was yeah, massive. Big. It was big. But that's why I asked the question: Does all um, is there ulterior motive in fad diets because obviously essentially someone's making money of them yeah definitely I think I'm ass- what I was saying uh, the words I was using assuming is I don't know if you can patent or patent a diet I'm assuming you can because that's where you would make your money mm. alright that's the reason why you can't 
pattern or pattern a beetroot or a, a celery stick because mm. it's not quite possible mm. whereas if you make up a diet as such yeah. and then you can sell it on etc etc obviously that's where people obviously make their money mm-hmm. obviously somewhere along the lines obviously this diet has um, been made out to not work for some other reasons and obviously that's where obviously the individual or group have gone out of business but yeah I do think there's a motive towards them what about you Mish? Yeah, I, I just think there's a lot of corruption in the world, man. <laughs> I'm picking dead. People are not, people's got Ontario maps all over the gaff. Yeah, of course. I, we need a new free world. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting a bit political with it now, but... Um, just to mention, as, as you may have, may have mentioned earlier on, uh, there's a lot of foods that get repeated in each section and I'm just going to name yeah. a couple that do yeah, yeah. Um, flax seeds mm-hmm. they they get mentioned in more or less every section as beneficial to help with each case whether it's disease or cancer um, one that I did find quite surprising was hibiscus tea also known as sorrel tea yeah. um, mm. I mean from if you're from a West Indian or African background you're going to know about, more or less know about sorrel tea mm-hmm. some 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 places it's called Roselle or some places it's called Savaty. But that is within uh, this section of being high blood pressure, it's meant to be good for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, nitrous oxide and beetroot are worthy mentions as well. Uh, moving on to chapter 8 how to di- not die from liver diseases, alcohol liver disease. Excessive alcohol consumption can lead to accumulation of fat in the liver calling it fatty liver which can cause inflammation and result in liver scarring and eventually liver failure with alcohol so heavily wrapped in western society is it realistic to consider food a barrier to liver to liver disease does that make sense is it considered food a barrier to a barrier to liver, to liver disease i mean when i first when i first actually put the question down mm. it made sense but maybe you know better repeat now. again with alcohol so heavily wrapped in Western society, is it realistic to consider food a barrier to liver disease? I understand what you're getting at. Yeah. I, understand, I understand what you're getting at. So is food not being so is food being taken out of the equation in regards to liver disease? Yeah. I think it has. Cause I think when you associate um, liver disease, the first thing you do is um, um, associate or think is, is of alcohol. When Whereas, I think certainly reading the book, um, obviously there's a lot more... Um, contributing factors to liver disease other than alcohol I think the one thing I've taken from alcohol that also is really really fatty um, yeah, it's really fatty in fact that's the one thing really considered also with liver, di- liver disease fatty liver so yeah. it's really fatty um, obviously obviously you digest it in some way shape or form mm. from there obviously it stores fat and then from there it kind of like has some type of scarring builds up fat mm. scarring and then from there obviously it deteriorates yeah, the only thing I want to add to that, I mean, I think in this chapter it mentions that like we've got what two kidneys, we can live with one. Mm. Um, we've got us. Um, you got this. What's that thing that people appendix? Appendix, you can take that out. You can live without it. There's certain things in the body you've got two of or one of which you can take out. With the liver, is I think is the one. No, I'm wrong. Am I? Am I wrong? Or am I right? Well, <laughs> sorry, I'm right. <laughs> the liver's the one. You effed that up. Yeah, you, <laughs> you only get one. No second chance. Yeah, yeah. There's no second chance. Yeah. Um, 
Specific plant foods have been found to be protective of the liver, though. Okay. For, insta- for instance, starting out the day with a bowl of oatmeal, and surprisingly, coffee may help safeguard yeah, our liver function. Well, um, in regards to coffee, where is it? A, a 2013 review of best studies to date found that people who drank the most coffee had half the risk of liver cancer compared to those who drank the least. A subsequent study found the consumption of four or more cups of coffee a day was associated with 92% lower risk among smoking di- smokers dying from chronic li- liver disease. Liver cancers are among the most avoidable cancers through Hep B vaccinations, control of Hep C transmission, and reduction of alcohol consumptions. These three measures could, in principle, wipe out. 90% of liver cancers worldwide. That is a big, big statement. Hmm. <clears throat> um, is there anything else you guys wanted to mention? Um, liver disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guess not. I, know, I'm <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if anyone can touch on this at all. I mean, yeah. there was loads of like um, correlation to, I mean, whether it's injecting drugs, um, vaccines, practicing safe, safe sex, um, obviously, the alcohol is an obvious one, as we mentioned before, and obviously the cholesterol, the saturated fats, and obviously the sugar are quite obvious ones as well, and that they and produce or store fat, and from there they're scarring. But I was unsure, obviously, where the safe sex, where all that kind of like correlated, obviously, with your liver, and why the two are kind of linked together. I'm not too sure if anyone knows or can shed light on that. Not too sure. I mean, be. infections. I could only assume because the liver deals with infections. Okay. So. Um, yeah, that's what it would. Have. That's the first your line of defence. Okay. Does that make sense, or am I just yeah, trying yeah. to shit? Oh no, no, no! It makes. I mean, it's a theory. It's a theory. Yeah. I don't. I, I can't. I can't co-sign that and say yeah, that's facts. But moving on slightly uh, to chapter nine, in fact, mm-hmm. in this, there's anything else worthy? Of no, no, no! I was done on that. That's all I had on that. How not to die from blood cancers? Um, this is quite. I didn't really take too much. That's fine. The common, je- the kind of common field. I don't know if you both were taking this from from the, the chapters, but it's kind of like it's the same. With all of them, it's kind of like yeah, it's very much the same. Like yeah, for me, I'm healthier. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably go through a few more key ones that I think are maybe worth mentioning. Yeah, you run through. I've got one or two notes. I've got anyway, quite so. a few notes, but mm-hmm. on blood cancer. Each, each, no, just in general. I mean. I'll go for each chapter, but I'm not, we don't have to go into too much detail because there's quite a lot of details to go in through. So for blood cancers, blood cancers are sometimes referred to as liquid tumours. Mm. <coughs> Since these cancer cells often circulate through throughout the body rather than get concentrated in a solid mass. Now after following more than 60,000 people, more than, than a dozen years, University of Oxford researchers found that those who consume a plant-based diet are less likely to develop all forms of cancer combined. The greatest protection appeared to be against blood cancers. From chapter 10, how much oh. did that from... Oh, did you... Yeah, yeah, just, okay. just, just, literally, just, literally just one or two bits and pieces. I did have a question as well. Yeah. It went on to say, obviously, the blood cancer, obviously, in, they impair the ability of your bone marrow to produce normal red and white cells by crowding out the healthy ones creating a diminished healthy blood cell count that can lead to anemia, infection and possibly death. Obviously, I was aware that obviously your blood marrow actually um, produces cells, etc, etc. But probably my question was, 
I don't know if anyone can answer it in any way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. um, is how blood cancer is developed. I definitely can't answer that. Mason? I'm trying to think. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to say it isn't in the book. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't want to say it isn't in the book as such, but I try to also look up this very, very brief information. <clears throat> Actually, we'll see how blood cancer is developed. I know there's a lot of stuff in the theories in terms of how to uh, maybe, I don't want to say tame it or reduce it or improve um, your chance of survival, but I thought that would maybe quite interesting because we're talking about your blood yeah. after all. Yeah, no, it's not something I've thought about. Well, that's me anyway on, on, on blood cancer. <laughs> yeah, cool. Uh, so, sorry, was it, uh, blood cancer, was that linked to kidneys as well? Well, it goes on to kidneys. Okay, sorry, do you I, mind? I don't know if you've got anything on that at all? Yeah, I've got quite a lot. Oh, sorry, then go on. I mean, just to, to, to give you a brief introduction, they process, like for kidneys anyway, they process up to 150 litres of blood every 24 hours just to make the one to two litres of urine you pee out each day. If your kidneys do not function properly, metabolic waste products can accumulate in the blood and eventually lead to such symptoms as weakness, shortness of breath, confusion and abnormal heart rhythms. A national survey found that only 41% of Americans tested had normal kidney function, a drop from 52% about a decade earlier. Approximately, approximately, one in three Americans over the age of 64 may suffer from chronic kidney disease, though three, three quarters of the millions of the millions affected may not even know they have it. More than half of American adults currently aged 30 to 64 are expected to develop CKD, being chronic kidney disease, during their lifetimes. The saturated and trans fat and cholesterol found in animal products and junk foods are also associated with impaired kidney function and meat protein increases the acid load to the kidneys, boosting amine ammonia production and potentially damaging our sensitive kidney cells. In regards to, I found interest, what was interesting was, eating some tuna and within three hours, your kidney filtration rate can shoot up by 36%, but eating the same amount of protein in the form of tofu doesn't appear to place the additional strain on the kidneys. And it goes further on to mention kidney stones. Eating a plant-based diet to alkalize your urine may help prevent and treat kidney stones. Those hard mineral deposits that can form in your kidneys when the concentration of certain stone forming substances substances in your urine become so high that they start to crystallize. By the 1970s, enough evidence had accumulated that research began to ask whether people suffering from reoccurring kidney stones should stop eating more, uh, meat altogether. With so much backdated evidence, why do you think we still aren't aware of this now? Of this common knowledge in the scientific community. Why are they not aware of it in the scientific? Why are we not aware of it, even though it's common knowledge in the scientific community? Because it goes back to nineteen seventies that they're saying that it's best that people should stop eating meat altogether. Um, Listen, we stop eating meat. What happens to the farming industry? I guess it's done. There you go. That's an answer. That's that's there. That's an answer. Well done, I mean? Out of nowhere, all of a sudden, we just stop hearing about SARS and Mad Cow and all them, all them stuff yeah. there. All the damn things. Yeah, no, you said it. I think, I think you're knowing on the head, it, it yeah. comes back down to money. Let's not, let's not be around the bush. Listen, if, if we had advertisements or commercials on our screens every day about root veg, 
greens, natural produce. What, bruv? Hey, up is the farming industry. There's a lot of, listen, your supermarkets, boy, they're shutting down. You see the rise in your green grocers, how it was back in the day, you get me? Your individual green grocers. <laughs> they don't want us to win. <laughs> they don't want us to win. Yeah, but that can't happen. That can't happen. It won't happen. Was there things that you wanted to add? Um, no, I think you could pretty much touched on, let me do a quick look in here, but I think you touched on these small points that I did have to get there anyway in regards to it. No, um, I think we touched on it before in regards to obviously um, the celebrity status also with Dr. Oz um, when the Akai burial also became obviously very oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. famous obviously in 2008. So we've discussed that's that already. Like, yeah. yeah. Just saying. Oh, that's all right. Yes, that is. Is, it, is, it, is there no actual proven health benefits for that, with that burial? I think there is proven health there benefits. Is. I think the problem is mm. people out here... People mix it. People mix it, mo- chop it, mix it, nah. <laughs> 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 people are, People are putting anything and putting not putting not wanting exactly. a, a side berry. Look at the benefits. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what's going on. I'm yeah, sure that's, that's the point. berry there. When um, that's the berry you only find it in certain parts of um South South America. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's that rainforest? What do you call it? Yeah, yeah. Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, Amazon. Amazon. Um, it goes on to <coughs> chapter eleven: How not to die from breast cancer. To demonstrate how dramatically lifestyle changes can impact breast cancer risk over the course of about seven years, researchers followed a group of about 30,000 postmenopausal women with no history of breast cancer, achieving just three out of ten AICR recommendations, limiting alcohol, eating mostly plant foods and maintaining a normal body weight, was associated with a 62% lower risk of breast cancer. Yes, three simple health behaviours appeared to cut risk by more than half. Um, in regards to alcohol, it mentions alcohol, and I think this is probably something a lot of ladies will like. Mm. Interestingly, drinking only red wine was not associated with can- breast cancer risk. Why? The grape. A compound in red wine appears to suppress the activity of an enzyme called estrogene synthase which breast tumours can use to create estrogen to fuel their own growth. This compound is found found in the skin of the dark purple grape used mm-hmm. to make red wine, which explains why white wine appears to provide no such benefits since it's produced without the skin. With white grape, it's producible. You can't tell man about wine and red grapes and tannins and then things. Yeah, you know about all of that, yeah, dad. You read the survey, are you ready? And I can tell you it's the grape, it's the red grape. <laughs> um, Again, it gets another honourable mention, it's flaxseeds. And just to give you a bit of info on flaxseeds, flaxseeds are one of the most, are one of the first items ever considered to be on, to be on the health foods, treasured for their purported healing properties since at least the times of the ancient Greece, which when the renowned physician Hippocrates wrote about them using them to treat patients. In terms of breast cancer risk, eating about a daily ta- tablespoon of ground flaxseeds and extended extended the woman's menstrual menstrual cycle by about a day. This means she'll have fewer periods over the course of a lifetime and therefore presumably less estrogen exposure and reduced breast cancer risk. Chapter twelve <laughs> I'm not to die from suicidal depression. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> 
I want, I want to look. <laughs> number three, I've not co-signed it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yet. Yeah, because it, no notes. <laughs> no, I, said, I, I don't need no Do notes. Do not tell <laughs> me. <laughs> me eating broccoli, shredded greens, <laughs> and iceberg lettuce is going to help me not to go and jump off the Eiffel. This All right. Chapter 14. Go on, start, start French. Yeah, literally, we're going to knock these last ones out of the park now. Because, uh, just just as a note, in 1946, the World Health Organization defined health as a state of complete physical, mental and social well-being and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. What's your de- definition of great health? Of great health? Yeah. Oh. Great health. Yeah, that is that's a good question. Some tough ones. Yeah, very tough one. I don't know what is great health. Where to begin? I think health is body and mind. That's the first thing to say. That's your answer. I mean, part of your answer. I mean, if there's more to add. For me, I think yeah. I think I was going to add to that is great mind, body, and spirit. Really, if you're if you feel great mentally, physically, and spiritually, that for me, that for my personal opinion, is having great health. When I feel spiritually in touch with um, my inner being so to speak and the 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 main source God may some people call it God mm. whatever you may call it um, and feel great mentally and great physically that for me is definitely great health that's how I would define health anyway but likewise I think I agree with both of what you said I think the difficulty I think I had with this chapter here was mm. I'm not saying it said if you eat your your berries, your broccoli, your kale, that you're not gonna have depression. I'm not saying that's. What, I mean, that's the 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 road I felt was taking me this down. So I was thinking, yo, what are you on about, um, Michael Gregier? No, he's taking the piss, brother. He, I'm surprised he's in the next chapter how not to die from a car crash. I'm <laughs> when I saw this, I said, listen, I'm buying into what you're telling me, but come on, don't push it too far. Yeah. <laughs> No, funny enough though, I've actually got a couple questions on this on this section. Major depression is one of the most commonly commonly diagnosed mental illnesses, and an estimated seven percent of American adults suffer from serious depression. That's about sixty million people who have at least one depressive episode each way. Has or does food ever play a role in your mental state? One of you guys. Sorry, no, I think it definitely does. I think if you eat... I mean, personally, when I when I feel at my best um, is when I'm actually eating healthily and I'm actually exercising and stuff like that. So I totally understand the perspective in terms of if you're eating well and you, dare I say, maybe feel good, yeah. all right, that it does assist in terms of your... Um, it does assist in terms of staying away from that, that road or that dark road of... Or depression and potentially suicide and stuff like that. But if you're telling me eating kale is going to prevent me from having a suicide episode, then I can't really buy into all of that. Um, but I do believe part of what he is saying. I definitely understand that. Eat good, feel good, feel free, etc., etc. But I could be eating kale, spinach, cabbage, and be going for a madness at home. At home. <laughs> What about you, Vix? No comment, man. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing I will say is when I have a heavier lunch, I feel like I get egoritis. And when I have a lighter lunch, I still have the ability to want to do things. End of. Self? Yeah, I think it it does play a role 
to an extent because I I know for me personally if I don't eat for a while then I get I get grouchy. Yeah. I get in a certain way. So it it can play definitely play a role in my mental state, yeah. Growing evidence indicates that positive psychological well being is associated with reduced reduced risk of physical illness. But which came first? Are people healthier because they're happy or people just happier because they're healthy? Prospective studies that follow individuals over time have found that people starting out happier do indeed end up healthier. An analysis of 70 such studies on mortality concluded that positive psychological well-being has a favourable effect on survival in both healthy and diseased populations. Those who are happier appear to live longer. (laughs) Oh, God. How can you measure happiness? Using the POMs. Okay. Um. <laughs> it's true though. You used palms in the DASS tests. <laughs> well, about one in third, one one in three of the negative emotional individuals felt. Now, nah, I'm not even going to get into that, man. Just, right, cool. still, just right. keep it moving. Right. See, and it, and again, it mentions eggs. Like eggs get quite a bad rap in, in this book. It's fine, I'm not a big egg eater anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that counts me out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I didn't do any notes for the last two. How not to... And that's not to be disrespectful for anyone that's suffering from Parkinson's disease. I actually did. But we touched on it very briefly. Right. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, go ahead. The last two are how not to die from Parkinson's disease. And, and how not to I, die from iatronic iatrogenic causes or not how to die from doctors or, or in other words how not to die at the doctors or from the doctors <laughs> so Pox you want to you wanna lead on those two okay cool just very very briefly so on Parkinson's I think it touches on I'm going to say a chemical called dioxins go on um, which can be found in obviously which can be found in soil and also food I'm going to say it can, found, it can be found in food primarily obviously through um, the soil that you're using so if you're okay. using I'm going to say maybe for lack of a better word manure yeah. I think you corrected yeah. me on that earlier yeah um I think the chemicals, I believe, can be found in that. But whereas, obviously, I'm going to assume if you're probably a vegan mm. and you're not obviously using um, manure and stuff like that, compost. you're probably going to use a compost which is comprised from fruits, veg, and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm assuming those who are probably of a vegan diet are avoiding, obviously, the chemical dioxins and obviously limiting their chance of obviously having Parkinson's. But obviously those who are not necessarily vegan and obviously eating from a manure... Um, not eating from manure, but having their. <laughs> I think you get where I'm coming from. <laughs> I think we. I think you want to say coming from. Um, have a higher um, risk. I'll have the grill manure. <laughs> Is that coming um, there? Yeah. So that is all I have for certainly in terms of on Parkinson's, if I'm honest. And I don't know. Do you want? Should we jump straight into the last one? Yeah, let's do it. Um, okay, we'll jump. Yeah. So we'll jump straight into the last one. I'll be dead honest. Yeah. Um, I read probably about a page, and that's all I needed to read. All right? And not because I couldn't have learned any more, but I found it very, very interesting. So what I took from the last page was that, uh, basically how to die from going to the doctor. Yeah. Okay, so... How uh, not to die. Not to die. Well, I, I learned how to die. All right? So <laughs> I learned how to die. So I, the, the information I took was, obviously, this, sometimes oh, you, you're encouraged to wash your hands, obviously, when you go into the hospital, when you go to the doctor, etc., etc. Mm. But certainly the information Michael Gregier posed to me was, 
half of these um, these I want to say I was gonna say geezers, but geezers and geezettes are not washing their hands following surgery, yeah, big surgeries and stuff like that as well, which I found very very disturbing. Um, very, thank you, disturbing. I was looking for a word, very very disturbing. Um, and there was another three, four pages on the type of stuff that actually goes on. But I looked at the first page and I said, you know what? Um, I think we're going to close it there kind of thing. But yeah. yeah, I think that's very, very disturbing. So it also goes on to um, things like, well, Michael Greger says things like CAT scans and stuff like that. They're full of radiation and they're not, they, might not ne- they might not be necessary. And I think also things like when they, when your doctor tells you to take aspirins to prescribe you certain drugs, they have side effects which can cause long-term harm. So that's I would agree. Yeah, one memorable mention is if you're going for, I think it's a, cos, what is it, Cosco, colonoscopy, colonoscopy, mm-hmm. to have mint or some kind of mint drops, and it it basically um, relaxes. Okay. where it's going yeah uh, a few hours before I think that's probably the only food related kind of suggestion yeah. that you can make on that I think it was going I think you're stretching it a bit yeah yeah he's taking a bit as I said I'm surprised he didn't have a few other more chaps in there how not to die from washing your hair <laughs> just like, you know just something to add um anything else to add on chapter on part no, one of the no. book <laughs> so yeah part we, we're not we look we're human. We know that part one is a bit of a slow. We wanted to get through it because we, we needed the theory behind the kind of practical which is coming in part two, dare I say, yeah. and box. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. We did. Um, and tune in for part two at Fully Booked on the Instagram, full underscore E underscore booked. Um, the SoundCloud's there as well. The link to our SoundCloud is on our Instagram page in our bio. Um, check out our... Um, iTunes. Our posts on Instagram. Check our iTunes account. Is it it's on the iTunes account? Is it just yeah. you type in fully booked? Yeah. yeah. Just literally F U double L E B double O K E D. You just put the underscores and stuff in there. Um, you don't need to do no, underscores, no. Just type it so, as it is. Yeah, on the podcast app or the iTunes, however you want to refer to it, it's fully booked. F U double L E B double O K E D. We can get all of season one on there, and obviously you catch um this uh, these episodes for part one of. Uh, How Not to Die. It's a season two of Fully Booked. Thanks for tuning in as always. And Thank you. Good night. Thank you guys. Take care.